Welcome into a special Close the Playbook episode, Super Bowl edition alongside me. We are back in the studio, Trevor Bonnetson and Matthew Trader. I am Ryan Michelson. Super Bowl weekend this weekend. We have the Bengals and the Rams facing off in Super Bowl... 56. 56. 56. 56 in L.A. Uh, Rams get nice home field advantage there. A lot to talk about. Obviously, we didn't get a chance to talk about the conference matchups. Nothing really crazy has happened within the week that we missed. Um, but kind of going over this, we got Bengals and Rams. I think a lot of us, most of us, weren't expecting Bengals to be here at all. Other than, except for Carter Kranz. Except for Carter Kranz. Shout out to him for getting that one right. So we can kind of dip into it. First on the Bengals side, Bengals played the Chiefs in the conference championship and ended up winning that on a game-winning field goal. What do you guys think about the Bengals this season and just how amazing that they've been? Well, you said nothing crazy's happened those two weeks, but the greatest player of all time retired in those two that weeks. That is true. But I forgot about that. Maybe we can that, touch right? on that later, but shout-out Tom Brady. Goat. Absolute goaded. But uh, onto the Bengals. Oh, no. No, he's overrated. Oh, I'm bad. Yeah, who's better? <laughs> You know who's better. That's right. Lynn Dickey. Um, Yeah, Bengals. Uh, I don't think anybody saw them doing this this season, going uh, from the worst team in the league to a 4-12 team at the fifth pick, draft Jamar Chase, bring back the LSU, or partially the LSU duo, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. And, you know, I think they just built as the season got on and that Chiefs win right before the playoffs really, I think, gave them the confidence that, like, they can go beat any team. And they had a bunch of close games in the playoffs, so they got it done. And, honestly, Joe Burrow has been that guy. He These games have all been close, and when it comes down late in the stages of these games, he has performed. His defense has been very good to, to Eli Apple. Um, their whole front seven has just been solid week after week. Um, they're I think they're a very underlooked defense, but yeah, Joe Burrow is. I don't know. I don't know if you'd rank him top five yet, but man, as far as playoff quarterbacks, he might be top five for sure. Yeah, I agree. I don't think a lot of people had this had this season for them to be what it is. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of had it as, you know, a almost a rebuilding year still. But, yeah, they get to the playoffs. Obviously, I, like you said, you touched on Joe Burrow. He he has that swagger. He has He's that guy that ever since that national championship game at LSU, he, he performs in big stages. He's doing that really well. I think another surprising thing is their draft this year was a little questionable with the Jamar, Jamar Chase ad, but also in the fifth round when they drafted um, Evan McPherson, their, the rookie uh, kicker, everyone kind of wondered why they took him, but obviously it's proven why that they took him. He mean two back-to-back game-winning field goals to put him to the uh, the conference championship game and now into the Super Bowl. It's gonna be really uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see how they match up against these Rams. But like you touched on, it is I do think we talked about it that week 17 or week 18 matchup of the Bengals versus Chiefs was kind of their their test to see if they could hang with the big dogs. And they did it really well in that game, and then they came throughout this entire playoffs and proved it. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you kind of look at it. 
Um, last year, the Bengals, you know, we didn't expect anything out of, like, the Bengals, you thought maybe they'd be a playoff team this year. But last year, they went 4-11, and and it really hurt them that they didn't have Joe Burrow. Um, but then now this year, they go and they, you know, they get into the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Bengals are just, they're a team, it's like last, you know, against the Chiefs. I didn't think that the Bengals, I thought that it would just stop there. I didn't think they'd be able to knock off a juggernaut like the Chiefs. And I thought the Chiefs were going to win pretty single-handedly on them. But somehow the Bengals stay with it. And they're, I mean, they're the swagger team in the NFL. Everybody loves them. They're young. And that Jamar Chase-Joe Burrow connection that everyone was judgmental for um, ends up working out in the best way possible. And now the Bengals are in the big game in the Super Bowl now. I think this is a good year for the Bengals to do it because I think the AFC is going to keep getting more stacked and stacked. Obviously, they're going to be contenders for years to come, but something about this year just seems like the AFC, well, the Titans were the one seed, and everybody was like, well, the Titans might be the worst one seed in a long time. Like, It's just like this This is probably the year for an AFC team like this to do it because like, the Chiefs weren't that dominant, the Titans weren't, the Bills are coming on strong, but it just doesn't seem like there's like a dominant team in the NFL this year. And you can say the same for the Rams, too. Like, the Packers got knocked off, and it was like he got a six and a four seed matching up in the conference championship, and now you got two four seeds in the Super Bowl. It's been kind of a weird year. There hasn't been, like, a dominant team, but that's made the NFL more fun, though. There's been a lot more close games and a lot more craziness going on. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, like you touched on it, next year you got to count in the fact of all the potential – you know, off-season moves that these teams are going to make. But, like, just with, like, we talked about a couple episodes ago with the young talent that's in the AFC is if Joe Burrow wants a ring, right now is his chance to get one because he may go on a streak where he's not back in the Super Bowl for five or six years based on the talent that is actually in the AFC. And, I mean, it's all young quarterbacks in the AFC. There isn't really an older quarterback left in the AFC anymore with after Big Ben retiring. So now it's going to be proved, like, who is the better quarterback, who's the better team, who's the better coach. I mean, it's going to be interesting, but like you said on the flip side of it, the Rams, I mean, I know you had them early in the year as your favorite to go to the Super Bowl, but they kind of fell off midseason, and then they just lucked out on all these other teams just kind of falling off too. But, I mean, they get in good for Matthew Stafford, finally gets, you know, playoff wins, Gets to be a chance in the Super Bowl. Obviously, it's a great career. Love to see him win a ring. Yeah, it's really, I mean, we've been saying it. It's like this NFL season has been absolutely nuts, and all these type of teams, every single team, except for maybe a few, have had, you know, some little little downfalls. You know, like the Cardinals, they started off undefeated. They lasted undefeated for a while, and then they had a major, major slip. The Rams had a few crappy losses. Um, the white one team that we said was consistent kind of throughout other than at the start was the Packers and then they hit their road bump in the playoffs and then they lose first round but yeah I think this for the Bengals this is the year for them to go get a ring I I think they're going to be bad numerous times throughout Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow's career especially if they can keep that Jamar Chase connection going that offense is really good right now and they can spend time if they end up not winning it this year they can spend time work on that defense I think they're in a pretty good cap spot, so I think that'll yeah, work good the for best them. thing about them, too, is they're young. Yeah. They're, I mean, their oldest player, I think, on their offense, 
like key players is Joe Mixon at like 26 years old. Yeah. Yeah, like, and the offensive line is only going to get better. It's, yeah. It's going to get much worse right now. They passed up on an offensive lineman early in the draft, and right. that's only going to get better. But this AFC also is going to get better, too. And another thing I thought was so weird about the Spangle season, too, is like the regular season wasn't like that special. Like, yeah, they surprised some people, but like they went 10 and 7. They lost to some bad teams. They were just really good in their division, and their division fell off because the Ravens and Lamar Jackson got hurt, and the Browns weren't what they're supposed to be. The Steelers were, you know, kind of what we expected, you know, around right. 500. And they, it's just their playoff run. They, two of these games are on the road against the two seed and the one seed, and they surprised everybody. It's Joe Pearl is six and zero in the college playoffs and now NFL playoffs, and looking to go seven and zero. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And yeah, and they're in a really good spot. Like you mentioned, they can focus on a lot of pieces. And it's like they got, I mean, they got great wide receivers that have just shown up. Other than, you know, Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd have been very good this year. And then they got a good tight end in Utsama. That is uh, pretty solid for them, too. Now going over to the Rams. Rams faced off against the 49ers in the NFC Conference Championship in L.A. That was, that game was about 50-50 for 49ers and Rams fans. It was right down the gut. A lot of 49ers fans there, obviously. Um, and Rams end up winning that game on a, by a field goal, too. So kind of talking about the Rams, the Rams have obviously invested a lot of money, a lot of time into getting these big-name players on their team throughout the season. We I was kind of skeptical on if it was going to work for them, especially like with the Von Miller. I didn't know how Odell was working. Odell is looking very, very nice now, and then it's leading up to them going to the Super Bowl now. They just got to win one more game, and all that's worth it. But how do the Rams look, and how do their chances stand against this uh, young Bengals team on fire right now? The Rams, like we mentioned earlier, was kind of a surprise too. You can yep. say they kind of snuck in. They kind of had a weird path, but they did beat Tampa, the defending Super Bowl champs. I think the Rams got hot. I don't know if it was the 49ers lost right before the playoffs, but they smoked the Cardinals, beat the Bucks, and honestly, that 49ers conference championship game was just kind of weird. Yeah, they were down, but they honestly just even when they were losing, they you could just feel like they were in control of that game. But honestly, for the Rams. If you don't win this game, you know, it, it was Super Bowl or bust this year all along. Like, there's a while there that they weren't looking like they are going to make the Super Bowl. But they're here. This I think the Rams should be able to take control of this game and not look back. I think their defensive front is going to be way too high-powered for the Bengals' offensive line. I'm hoping it's not like last year's Super Bowl, but it, it could end up being a little bit like that. Uh, the Chiefs defensive line I mean got all all up in Joe Burrow's face it's hard for me to believe the Rams aren't going to be able to yeah get a lot of sacks and kind of take control of this game but yeah this is the time their offense is high powered Cooper Cup is having a insane year Matthew Stafford who's going to be able to handle the pressure more Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow Matthew Stafford's looked great in the playoffs so far, so it doesn't look like the pressure's really getting to him. But yeah, this is their time. I don't know if I don't know the NFC's kind of gonna fall off too after this, but this is why they went and got Matthew Stafford. You're here. You just lost two, Super Bowl two years ago with Jared Goff. It's time to time to get that Super Bowl ring. 
Yeah, I agree. And I also think the other thing with them, too, is the fact that you don't know who they're going to be able to bring back yeah. this next year. I mean, they could go into this offseason and somehow have the money to bring literally every single player back. Or you they go in and it's like, we have to cut ties with Odell. We have to cut ties with Von Miller. We have to cut ties with this guy. And that's going to be ultimately on if they can repeat. I think the keys to success for them would be, you know, Matthew Stafford playing his game, getting the ball to Odell and Cooper Cup, and the defense just playing like the defense that we know they are. I mean, I'm excited to see Jalen Ramsey versus uh, Jamar Chase. That battle, if they do it, where it's going to be a you know a shadowing the entire time, he's going to be shadowing Chase. That's going to be great for Jalen Ramsey. It's going to be great for Jamar Chase to better his game. It's going to make it interesting. However, like you said, I it comes down to the quarterback play and who's going to handle the pressure. I think, as great as Joe Burrow is, I think Matthew Stafford has been waiting for this moment way longer than Joe Burrow has, and he's going to be able to handle that pressure way better. He's going to come in with a little chip on his shoulder, I think, where he, that's going to better him to actually probably win this game for the Rams. And I think Joe Burrow's going to have a great game, though. You can't take anything away from him. Obviously, he's a great player. He brings it every single time he needs to bring it, but... It's all going to come down to defense and the quarterback play. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people, obviously, that that Rams team, you know, ever since they kind of moved to L.A., they, I don't know, they're a team that has been around, but I think they're a team that people forget about a little bit. Like, this year, it's like they're obviously making splashes with the Matthew Stafford stuff. But going into this game, I think there's going to be a lot – a lot more people rooting for the Bengals just because they're a young, fiery team. But the people that are rooting for the Rams love either, like, a big name on that team. Like, a lot of people, it's like me and you, Matt, for sure. It's like we're rooting for Matthew Stafford to get a ring because all the crap he had to deal with in Detroit and us being fans of the NFC North, he definitely deserves one. And it shows that you can go and go to another team like that and just be able to go and get to the Super Bowl in your first year so. So we can go now to our pits of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 in L.A. Trevor, you want to go first and give your little predictions on what's going to happen? Yes. Um, like I touched on a little bit ago, I just think that this Rams front four is going to take over. I guess front seven, Von Miller is going to be coming off the edge and whatnot. But I just think. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like last year's Super Bowl, but I just think the Rams are going to take control of this game, and I think it's their time. I I just think that the Bengals are kind of going to get down early. The running game's not going to be there. Jamar Chase is getting guarded by Jalen Ramsey, which I think he'll do better than some people might expect. But I got the Rams in this one, Super Bowl 56 winners, a score 31-19. to 19. All right, I have the Rams also winning in this one. I think, I think it, you know, like we touched on, is Matthew Stafford's going to come out. The defense is going to play great. Cooper Cup is going to have what he's been doing all year. It's going to be the second time in a row that a team hosts a Super Bowl in their own stadium and wins. Obviously, last year that would be in the Tampa Bay. But I have the score being 37-21 to 21 in favor of the Rams. And I'm going to take the Rams, too. All of us go with the Rams. I just don't think that the Bengals' offensive line is going to be able to stop the defense uh, that's coming through. And Joe Burrow, young quarterback, hasn't been in a whole lot of situations. He's been handling it fine, but this is the Super Bowl now. This is the big one. Um, 
good for the Bengals on their run. I think that they could upset some. I mean, I could see the Bengals winning this somehow too, just for how fire that they've been. But I'm going to take the Rams here by 10, 34 to 24, and that home field advantage definitely has a bit impact on it. I'm not a big fan of that, but it happens. And I think, you know, Zach Taylor worked under Sean McVay for a while. It's kind of like he's his big brother a little bit. Right. I think Sean McVay kind of really outcoaches him in a spot like this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. lack of experience for Zach Taylor kind of right. shows. Especially yeah. when they get down by a deficit. Yeah, we can try to talk about that too. Kind of the coaches between Zach Taylor and then Sean McVay. Really, which one? Both of them had been very, very decent. The Rams obviously are getting Cooper Cup involved with Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup has an amazing year. And then on the other side, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, that duo has been really good. Which coach do you think has been more impressive this season between Zach Taylor and Sean McVay? This season, from considering where the Bengals came from, like the last two years, like I didn't before this year, I was like, what, what are they still doing with Zach Taylor? Like they got, I know Burrow got hurt, but they weren't doing that great before Burrow got hurt last year, and he, he had a combined record of like six and twenty-five and one. Um, but yeah, this year Zach Taylor is definitely opened some eyes what he can do, and like he's definitely not on the hot seat anymore. So uh, I'm I feel like it's still a little early with him. Yeah, this season he's been more impressive, but at the same time, Sean McVay was kind of the main person who wanted to go get Matthew Stafford. So in the aspect of that, for him to like bring his team to a Super Bowl and showing that he made the right choice, that the quarterback was the issue and how much better Stafford is than a guy like Jared Goff, uh, I think that's been really impressive on that aspect too. Yeah, it's hard to say because it's like, Sean McVay came into a, a better situ is in a better situation than you know Zach Taylor is, but if we're going off this year, I think with all the stuff that happened last year and whatever, I think Zach Taylor is the better coach this year. I mean, it really it's hard to screw up a team of that many caliber of players, honestly, with the Rams, and you know starting out with this year with Zach Taylor. Right away, there's two big things. Is Joe Burrow going to be healthy? Why did you guys draft Jamar Chase? And he spun that into just watch. And now here they are in the Super Bowl. I think for that reason, he's the better coach. For this year, I wouldn't say he's the better overall coach. Right. But he's the better coach that this year. But in this matchup, though, I think Sean McVay's experience and his abilities are really going to shine through, and that's why it's going to be another big reason why the Rams are going to get this victory yeah it's going to be a really it's going to be another really good you know coaching matchup um for sure between those two so it'll be definitely interesting to watch that so obviously if uh if you're keeping up with the NFL news it is the NFL uh honors banquet tonight which is you know pretty much just a recap of all the season um gives out all the awards for this season so we did a couple times throughout the entire season. We predicted who we thought were gonna get each award throughout, you know, through that part of the season. But now it's officially here. Um, so our picks are gonna be for offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, comeback player, coach of the year, and uh, the big one MVP. So uh, starting with Trevor, what do you have for your offensive rookie of the year? So I think it's been kind of a toss up the whole year between Mac Jones and Jamar Chase, but. I think uh, his, like, 266-yard game against the Chiefs 
kind of giving them some life, giving them the realistic view that they could get to the Super Bowl. I think Jamar Chase has been the answer to this team, and that duo is going to be insane for years to come. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's, hopefully it is it is usually a quarterback's award, but I think Jamar Chase is going to get it this year. I, I don't think Mac Jones was – he was good this year, but I don't think he's on Jamar Chase's level. Jamar Chase broke the receiving yards record by a rookie as well. I don't even think he played that much week. 18 so he pretty much beat that straight up over Justin Jefferson who just claimed that spot the year before so I think Jamar Chase has got it yeah I'm gonna go with Jamar Chase too I know I said earlier in the year that Matt Jones was gonna win it uh that's kind of when he was you know the Patriots were on fire and uh everything else there but the Bengals with Jamar Chase that duo has been incredible between obviously Joe Burrow and him so I'm gonna go with Jamar Chase 81 receptions 13 touchdowns 1,455 receiving yards. I think he deserve, he's deserving of the award, and it's pretty much between those two I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. Yeah, um, obviously, like, we talked about it. it. I was also on the bandwagon of Mac Jones, but that was also, like you said, the Patriots are hot. They were the number one seed. Um, obviously, I knew that Jamar Chase could do Jamar Chase things. You know, really, there's to me, there's only three options that could be for offense or a gear. That's Jamar Chase, Mac Jones, or Najee Harris. Najee yeah. Harris had a very underrated season that a lot of people aren't giving him credit for. Yeah, that's true. He should stay in that conversation, too. He should stay in the conversation. However, he's not going to win it. Uh, you know, he's probably going to come up third, but I I have Jamar Chase winning it. Um, like Trevor said, he beat it straight up. He didn't even need Week 18, really, went with an extra game given this year. So that's going to be very interesting on how it actually all plays out, but I do think it's going to be Jamar Chase getting this award. Uh, moving on to Defensive Rookie of the Year, who do you guys got? I could go first. Um, I'm doing Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons for the Cowboys had made has made an incredible impact. That's a, that's a diamond that they found in him. And the way that Mike McCarthy has been running this uh, this Cowboys team, you know, they're pretty offensive heavy, and then they had a couple gems in Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs that have that put the Cowboys in a very good defensive spot uh, throughout the year. Obviously, they didn't get where they wanted to in the playoffs. A lot of questionable offensive stuff that they did later down the stretch. But Mike McCarthy led them statistically and pretty good on both sides of the ball. Micah Parsons, 13 sats, which led rookies, 64 solo tackles and three forced fumbles. I think he's a der- deserving of defensive rookie of the year for that. Yeah, I, you pretty much hit it spot on. I don't really have another person. I think Mike Parsons has got this pretty pretty wrapped up. Uh, yeah, like you said, he he made this Cowboys defense. I think he's been the sole piece of like making this Cowboys defense from like a bottom tier of the league to like an actually solid defense. And I think it starts with him. I think if they could get another linebacker in there, that could be another that could be a scary duo at that linebacker position. And him coming off the edge too. And leading the team in sacks, like that's very impressive for a rookie season. Yeah, I agree. I think he. I think this is a unanimous vote. Um, Micah Parsons. I thought. I think I saw a stat earlier in the year. There in a six-game stretch, he had like nine sacks, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery, or something crazy like that, to pretty much end out the season. He's one of those guys. He's all over the place. I mean, he plays D end. He plays linebacker. He goes out in coverage. He goes out straight blitz. 
he's just a guy that can fly around the field, make tackles. He's going to be an interesting guy to watch for years to come. Hopefully no injuries or anything set him back. But he's a really, really high-motor guy, and I love to see it in young players. Hopefully, like Trevor said, that the you know the Cowboys can pair somebody up with him to make that duo just unreal. Uh, moving on to Offensive Player of the Year. Who do you guys have for that one? I think – I kind of think Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup should get it, but I just – you know, you, get, you don't really hear about his name too much right now, and it's like Jonathan Taylor is, like, up for possibly winning MVP. Like, he's probably top three, and, like, I don't know. I, Jonathan Taylor just dominated the rushing record this – or not, like, the overall record, but as far as, like, each player, he dominated by that. Yeah, Derrick Henry wasn't in there, and Dalvin Cook was hurt a little bit, but – yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor's just kind of more in the news with it, and I think he's gonna. I I'm I'd be surprised if he doesn't come away with an award tonight. Uh, Cooper Cup though was very good this year too, so I don't know. I think I'm gonna say Jonathan Taylor though. Yeah, I like that pick. I I don't know. I think Jonathan Taylor. You know, if he would have you know maybe surpassed what Derrick Henry did last year, and you know had I don't know. I, I think Cooper Cup has got it though. He's just he's got the triple crown like we were talking about earlier. 145 receptions, 16 touchdowns, and just over 1,900 rece- receiving yards, which is ridiculous. Um, dude, that came out of I mean, we he was a great receiver there before, but then with Matthew Matthew Stafford, he just blows up. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Cooper Cup. I I would like to see Jonathan Taylor win it. I like him a lot. He's got to win some type of award tonight. They have, like, an NFL Fantasy Player of the Year. He'll probably win that or something. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Yeah, obviously, I think this is one. I think this is probably one of the hardest ones to predict. I think this one is 50-50 on who should win it and who's going to win it. Because, I mean, you can make a case for Jonathan Taylor should win this award for yeah. what he did. But then you can flip, do the same thing, and be like, well, Cooper Cup should win this award because he led all of the receiving categories. I mean, he was the next closest guy, was like 300 and some yards behind him. Yeah. And um, Justin Jefferson, shout out to my boy Justin Jefferson. But I don't know. I personally have Cooper Cup winning this one just because of the fact of how impactful it really has been for them. Because, I mean, obviously, look at Jonathan Taylor's season's great, but they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup's season is great, and he was a key factor for them being in the Super Bowl. I think that's going to be taken into consideration as well. So for that reason, I have Cooper Cup winning it. And now going to Defensive Player of the Year, I know we talked. this one was pretty hefty when we talked about it earlier this year. It was kind of back and forth between two players. So who do you guys have now? I got T.J. Watt. Uh, I think Miles Garrett is close, but T.J. Watt tied the single-season sack record. Uh, I think just the Steelers' defense in general is really good, and I think that's like the only reason they made the playoffs is that offense struggled besides like Najee Harris and whatnot. But, yeah, T.J. Watt is just such a dominant force on the outside, and he just really showed people that he should be considered one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He's uh, he's scared on the outside. Miles Garrett, he had a great run too, but towards the end of the season he kind of went a little dormant. A little, got a little quiet, and T.J. Watt just kept her going the whole time. So I, I got T.J. Watt. Yeah, when we talk about you know how the Steelers were this year, and 
like one of the main reasons that they even got into the playoffs was just for how their defense was. And when we talked about their defense, we talked about T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt's got it for sure with me. I think he I think he should have won it last year. He's going to get it this year. Um, obviously, he tied that sack record with 22.5 sacks, 48 solo tackles, and then he had five forced fumbles. And he was leading in most of those categories. And he at the time, the last time we talked about it, he was leading in all those categories. And... You know, he had he played like three games less than like Miles Garrett and you know Aaron Donald and big pieces like that. So, um, yeah, it's T.J. Watt all the way with me, and really happy to see it. And he's gonna be someone that's gonna win a a bunch of these. He's, I think, I predict him to be better than J.J. Watt in his career. Just he's incredible. Yeah, I think it's a clean sweep for T.J. Watt. I mean, the stuff he did in four less games. I mean, I think he played a total of only fourteen games this year because he was hurt. So you give him four extra games, even if you give him one extra game, he's guaranteed to break that sack record. Right. I mean, that's how crazy of a season he was having. Uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs kind of fell off, too. He started out hot and then kind of just fell asleep and got burned on all these plays. Uh, Miles Garrett, like Trevor said, just didn't do anything. I mean, he's impactful by just being on the field, yes, and that's that's scary. However... If you don't make stats, if you don't do anything, you can't win awards. And I think T.J. Watt is just as scary. People want to run away from him, but he still goes and tracks those players down. So right. I think it's a clean sweep for him. What do you think that—I mean, we talked about it last time. It's like when we had Isaac on. He predicted Trayvon Diggs to win it, and I kind of forgot about him. Is there a chance that he wins this thing tonight? I don't think so because other than his—okay, other than his interceptions, he was the, he allowed the most amount of yards— Probably allowed in the most amount of receptions. It's just, other than him picking off the ball seven times in six games, what has he really done? Right. Yeah, and I don't know. He's Trevor, what do you think about that? Do you think that Trayvon Diggs has any sort of chance of winning it? I mean, obviously he was... I think he's got a top five chance. Maybe you could argue top three chance. Yeah, he'd probably be my number three. But, no, yeah, like Matt mentioned, like... Yeah, he got those picks, which picks show a lot of things, like right. 11 picks in one year. But 11, I think Casey Jackson, like, got 10 last year, so 11's not that crazy. Like, the pace he was on earlier this year, yeah, he definitely had a legitimate chance. But, yeah, he, he let up a lot of yards. Uh, when he went up against good wide receivers, he definitely got exposed a little bit. But, yeah, he'd come up with those picks, and some of them were pretty good picks. I, I know he, a couple of them he returned for a touchdown, but – yeah, I'd, I don't think he – maybe top three, top five, I'd say for sure. But, no, I don't think he's close to T.J. Watt. I mean, I think he's probably – he's going to be – he's young, so he's going to be one of these guys that could. Yeah. And, you know, his story is kind of kind of cool. I mean, he was a wide receiver in college, and Nick Saban tra- transferred him to a corner. So I think that's why he's allowing big plays up because, you know, he's still not able to do all the stuff. But he's a ball hawker, so hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years he gets this award that – he almost deserved this year, pretty much. All right, moving on to the big controversial one that we also had this year was Comeback Player of the Year. I mean, I know we talked about this off air, and uh, Trevor kind of said something that it was like, I completely forgot about this guy. So I'm assuming this is going to be Trevor's pick, but Trevor, you want to tell us who it is? Oh, I got Joe Burrow. <laughs> That's exactly who it was. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know why this award was kind of written off to Dak Prescott right away. It was like, almost like, oh, first game back, he's out on the field. And like, oh, definitely want to come back later of the year. <laughs> but, I mean, Joe Burrow tore his ACL. Dak Prescott broke his ankle. Or I know he had a serious leg injury, but tearing your ACL is definitely more 
difficult to come back from in uh, you know a 10 month frame. Uh, yeah, just look at what Joe Burrow has done. He led his team to the playoffs, and Dak Prescott definitely was not the same quarterback towards the end of the year. And Joe Burrow is just he made the Super Bowl. So yeah, for him to come back from a torn ACL and honestly was he wasn't struggling, but the team itself was struggling before he got hurt last year. And first for him to come in and win to the division and get past the Chiefs and the number one seed Titans, it's got to be Joe Burrow. Yeah. I'm going Joe Burrow, too. I, you know, it was kind of after we started talking about it, you know, last episode. Like, a lot has changed since that last episode that we, like, predicted these. It was, like, right after that, Dad Prescott and the Cowboys were just kind of, like, they fell flat. You know, they all the... All the controversy and, like, all of the things that we had against them, like, all the things that we've said happened after that episode, like, right after that. Quit running the ball. They just went flat. And Dad Prescott did, too. A lot of questions about Dad Prescott, surprisingly, if he's the quarterback for the Cowboys. Um, but, yeah, I'm going Joe Burrow. It, it's a regular season for awards, obviously. But, I mean, you got to look at it, too. It's, like, just what he's been able to push this young team into doing it's he's been really good i mean 4600 yards 34 touchdowns 14 pits he's combat player of the year in my mind for sure yeah i i agree i also have joe burrow and i think that's funny when like trevor said it was, it was written off as dak prescott's award yeah. it was probably Dak dak prescott's award to lose honestly i mean coming into it with that aspect but when you think of joe burrow's season he slid into probably the you know a top five MVP, maybe an MVP. I mean... Yeah, we talked about it. He slid into that kind of role, so for him to... I think it's just a, a for sure lock for him at this comeback player of the year, which is good for him. Hopefully he can add a Super Bowl to it also and kind of make the whole weekend special. But uh, a big one here is Coach of the Year. We didn't really touch on this throughout the entire season, so it's going to be the first kind of thing. What, what do you guys think? It might surprise you guys, but I'm going to go Mike Vrabel. I think uh, with what the tools he had and just Derrick Henry getting hurt and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones going down and for them to just stick in these games and, like, stick around, stay relevant, and even get the one seed they got. Like, I don't know. I think Ryan Tannehill, I know this is a regular season award, so they were the one seed. And with everything that happened to them, for them to get a one seed, like, they're just so quiet all year, but they're sticking in these games. They won the games they needed to win and just stayed in contention. And they had that division lead pretty much wrapped up the whole time. And, uh, yeah, they lost in the playoffs, but I think that's a little bit more on Ryan Tannehill. But I think this is a very, like, underrated head coach. Uh, like, his team's right been in the playoffs, you know, the last three years. Uh, two years ago, their conference in the conference championship, and I think he's a very good coach. Like, that defense this year was very, very good, and it was not supposed to be very good. So I really like Mike Vrabel for that award. Uh, I had Vrabel initially, um, just for what all the things he said. But Okay, um, I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur, actually. I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to win it, but I think he's uh, eligible for it, and I think that he has a good chance to win it, and here's why. He's led his team three straight years to 13-win seasons. Um, this whole offseason stuff with Aaron Rodgers and what was going to happen, able to be able to, you know, consistently have the Packers uh, go out and make these moves in the offseason, like Rasul Douglas, um, 
Zadarius Campbell and everything else and have to deal with the injuries that the Packers had and still have them be the most consistent team throughout the entire year, I think is definitely worth it. Um, definitely worth uh, him winning coach of the year for them. Um, this one might surprise both of you, but I got Urban Meyer winning coach of the year this year for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, I have Zach Taylor. I like it. <laughs> I have Zach Taylor winning it based on what they did last year to compared to what they're doing this year. I think that is the biggest turnaround for a team. Obviously, you talk about Mike Vrabel for the Titans, but they're in the playoffs last year. You talk about Matt LaFleur. They were 13-3 and last year. I mean, it's just those kind of things that I think for that reason, the more impact Zach Taylor had, they were 4-12, and now they're 10-7 and and they're in the Super Bowl. Obviously, yes, it's based off that. But I've seen it before where coaches who make a bigger impact with a kind of flipping of the script instead of doing the same thing over and over again is going to win you this award. So I think Zach Taylor definitely takes this one home. Moving on to the big one we have as uh, MVP. This might shock you guys, but I think since Tom Brady, greatest of all time, retired, I don't know, this award is probably written off already, but um, I'm going to go with Tom Brady. I think he's literally going out, not on top, he didn't win the Super Bowl, but uh, his stats, like he was playing arguably, I don't know if you'd say this is the best of his career, but stats-wise, yeah, he led in touchdowns, yards, um... He kind of had to put the team on his back a little bit when Godwin got hurt and, uh, you know, Mike Evans missed a few games, playoff Lenny missed a few games. Um, Yeah, I think Tom Brady's literally going out on top. Yeah, it's not a Super Bowl, but he wanted to retire when he's still at his best, and I think he did that. I I think Tom Brady might end up getting this award tonight. Yeah, I think it's between two people, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going with Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I just think that just from what I've been seeing, I think that it's Aaron Rodgers' award. I think now with Tom Brady retiring, it definitely could be him. Tom Brady had a great year. Um, I'm really surprised that Aaron Rodgers is the favorite to win this award, especially with all the stuff that happened this season, all the COVID-related stuff. Uh, him with the media, everything. You know, I never thought he'd be able to win an MVP again, but I think he's got this one. I, you know, you look at the stats, you know, other than QBR and touchdown interception ratio, which Aaron Rodgers has by quite a bit. You know, it's Tom Brady's award to lose just in the yards and the touchdowns. He, you know, he hasn't beat quite a bit there, but I don't know. I just think Aaron Rodgers this year has been, he's playing at his best. I don't see him retiring. His future is a question, but I don't see him retiring. He's playing his best football, and Tom Brady retired when he was playing his best football. I don't know. I, I think that Aaron Rodgers just takes this for the fact that Packers was the consistent team this year. Yeah, I don't know. It's He's in, he's just impressive. Yeah, Um, I don't know. I see where you're coming from with the Rodgers debate, but I personally don't think Rodgers deserves an MVP this year. Yeah, he's had some good stats. He has, you know, great turn, uh, touchdown to interception ratio, but I don't think he truly deserves it. I mean, you know, I could say Joe Burrow deserves it more than him. I could say a guy like Tom Brady deserves it more than him. Jonathan Taylor deserves it more than him. Josh Allen almost deserves it more than him. 
it's just basing off of two things on oh your QBR and your team is good. I don't think that gets you an MVP. I I have Tom Brady as my MVP this year. I do think it's going to help a lot with him retiring that people are going to be like, okay, maybe we should vote for him. Maybe we should kind of give him this award, you know, his final year. Maybe that's going to help him. Maybe it's going to be nothing. But personally, I just don't think Rodgers did enough in the statistical department to warrant a win. I mean, he only had like one extra, one more win on the season than Tom Brady. So it wasn't like they were, you know, 16 and one. If, you know, they're 16 and one, he had these stats. Yes, by far MVP, but one game more of a win and you take you know 800 less yards to me it's just it's not that big of a deal and i think tom brady definitely gets this one this year and honestly you could argue character as well like aaron Rodgers throwing his team on a roller coaster before the season starts you know is that a leader on your team is that a most valuable player i don't know yeah he definitely had a really good season but i feel like you gotta take that into account a little bit too it's like Aaron Rodgers just kind of throwing a team on a roller coaster. He shows up kind of when he wants to, and, you know, he shows up, has a great year. Yeah, definitely should be, you know, a contender for this award. But it's like, do you look at character in that aspect? It's like. You know, there's one thing that I look at when I think of MVP, too, is take what the team would do without their most valuable player. So if you think Rodgers, okay, they have Jordan Love. I mean, granted, they played the Chiefs when they weren't hot yet, but that game, they were close. If you take Tom Brady away from the or away from the Buccaneers, you have Blaine Gabbert as your quarterback. Is Blaine Gabbert going to get you five wins on the year? Probably not. Even with that great of a roster, I could I could see Jordan Love at least getting six wins. Yeah, I don't know. I I think Aaron Rodgers is like this season. It's like MVP. You can argue that, but I think he's the most valuable player in the NFL because if he goes on to you know, any type of free agency, almost every single team would love to have him other than ones like the Bills and the Chiefs with elite quarterbacks. Everyone else with, like, you know, a B-list quarterback that's decent, they'll have him. Just with the character stuff, I don't know if you can't really judge an MVP on how their character is. There's a lot of big, a lot of stuff on that this year um, about his character, and it's like, should he win because... You know, all the off-season stuff. I, I don't think you can base it on that. It's based on how you play. So that's how I go about it. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you could say that he, you know, threw the Packers to the bus. I think the Packers threw him at a bus through numerous years of his career just from what he's saying. I'll back up Aaron Rodgers in that aspect. And it's been a lot better this year from what Aaron Rodgers is saying. I mean, you're, with your argument there about if he went to free agency, a bunch of teams would want him, you can say that for 90% of the players in the league. If Tom Brady went to free agency this year, do you don't think teams would want him? Well, they'd want him, but not as much as Aaron Rodgers, I don't think. Well, yeah, Tom Brady's also, like, six years older than he is. Right. That's what exactly. I'm saying, though. So you you can take that argument, but it's not really that valid because you take Jonathan Taylor off the Colts. How many teams are going to be wanting Jonathan well, Taylor? yeah, I know that, but— Joe Burrow. I mean, all of the—that argument to me is more—it's not really an argument on, like— if now if it was like he was by far the best quarterback in the league and it was like the Bills were like, we need to tra- trade Josh Allen so we can get Rodgers. Now that's an like true MVP and where your argument would be valid. But for me with the argument of that, it's you could take 90% of the players and throw them in the free agency. Yeah, I bet sure. everybody would go bid on him. Sure. I just think Aaron Rodgers is you put him on a team that's not absolute garbage. 
they're instant contenders. Any single team. Yeah, definitely. And I just, for me, why I say Brady over Rodgers, it's just like, you know, Rodgers kind of has this type of year every year. You know, his touchdown to interception ratio is always really good. And his QBR is always really good. He's like obviously a really great quarterback. He protects the ball. He's not stupid with it. But, like, I think Tom Brady just kind of went over the top of that. Like, he 5,300 passing yards. Rodgers had, like, 4,100. Like, Brady had, I think it's 43 touchdowns or something. Yeah, yeah Rodgers had 37. You, you know, know, I just – I think Tom Brady just, like, statistically went – berserk this year and you know one of the best seasons of his career at the age of 43 years old and you know i think with you bringing that up that makes sense and you know ryan when we talk about like nba mvps Mm -hmm. and it's like curry will go off for 36 and 6 but it's like he gets to a point where i expect that from steph curry well it's the same thing and so you need yeah exactly lebron probably will never win an mvp unless he goes and scores Unless he goes above and beyond. Per game. Exactly. And I think that's kind of where Rodgers is also yeah. getting – He that's where he's kind of lacking right now is the fact that he does this year after year on a consistent basis. Credit to him for doing that. That's awesome. And I definitely think he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. That's no debate. He If he wins MVP, I would not be surprised. Right. I'm just thinking off of this year, it's like we've seen this Aaron Rodgers stat line before. Yeah. Yes, they went 13-4. and four. You know, had this stat line. Okay, cool. But, yeah, like Trevor said, Brady went above and beyond what, you know, he's used to doing. I mean, when was the last time Brady threw for over 5,000 yards? Doesn't yeah, It doesn't happen a lot. And, and he's 44 years old. It's, it's one of those things that with the longevity of Tom Brady and the fact that he's still being able to do this is, I think, one of the reasons why he's going to get a lot of votes. And honestly, it sucks for Rodgers on the aspect of if you're that good that you are, and you're that consistent that we need you to do more. That sucks for him. Right. But at the same time, you see it. And if you're a top player, you're expected that in whatever league you're in. I mean, if you're in, if you're Tiger Woods and you go out and win two majors, they're gonna be like, well, you weren't the greatest this year because you didn't win three. I yeah. mean, that's just how. Yeah, there's always gonna be doubters. Exactly. On. So I think that's. I think when mm-hmm. with Trevor bringing that up, that was a huge point that was kind of missed right. was the fact that this is what we were used to seeing. It right. wasn't anything special. It was just normal what yeah. he does. Yeah, and I I definitely think the argument is fine. It's like I think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for MVP are very 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 close, and I just think that Aaron Rodgers will out edge them a little bit just from what I've seen and just kind of the year that the Packers had in general with all their stuff. Um, well, yeah, I think I think Tom Brady, especially with him retiring now, I could see them giving it to them. If, Aaron, if Tom Brady wins the award tonight, that's great. I mean, that's fine. If Aaron Rodgers wins it, that's perfect. I think they're both deserving of the MVP, and they're almost both deserving for it every single year that they play. Not as an impressive of a year for Aaron Rodgers this year that he had last year when he won MVP. Last year's MVP, I thought, was yeah. outright. Like, that was a great MVP I thought, yeah, year. I thought last year's MVP was a clear-cut favorite. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, last year is like, all right, yes, definitely MVP. Like, he was, like, flashy, you know. This year, I feel like it's just been like, yeah, he's got the job done, 13-3, and three, you know, but. Yeah, he's just but, consistent. Yeah. No, I get it. But all right, that wraps up this episode of Close the Playbook. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Close the PB. Listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to tune into the NFL Honors tonight on Thursday, February 10th, and then the Super Bowl this weekend um, on yes. 
NBC. Or Peacock. Or Peacock. I don't know why I'm endorsing them. Um, but you can watch it over there. Great halftime show. We didn't even talk about the halftime show. That halftime show is going to be next week. Yeah, next week we'll talk about how the halftime show and see if like Eminem flashes a nipple or something. All right, but that wraps up this episode. Make sure to tune in next week. Thank you very much. Yeah.